for the most part, September was calm. But for one day this month, it was deadly. We had the remnants of Ida come on through to Garden State. For us here in southeastern New Jersey, it was just really another weather day for us with some showers, some storms, but no tornadoes and no deadly flooding. But that was the case for other parts of the month. So for this month, Something in the Air podcast with our September weather roundup, New Jersey State Climatologist and I, we dive into Ida. Uh, we talk about the whole state for this one. Uh, so apologize if we get a little more general than we usually do. Of course, we have plenty of South Jersey information when it comes to temperatures. And we're also talking about fall foliage forecast and a couple of uh, tidbits as we go into the winter season as well. So thank you everybody for watching and listening. Here we go. Dave Robinson, Something in the Air podcast. He is here, Dr. Dave Robinson, my meteorological father, my birthday buddy, May 13th, for anybody wondering, and the New Jersey State Climatologist. Uh, we are in the midst, and we're recording this on September 30th. We are in the midst of a flurry of dates in which we are seeing each other like actually in person in in leave, living breathing souls yeah that's it yes we're uh, we're moving away from zoom and we're going to see each other at uh various weddings and Rutgers football games here uh now by the time this comes out the Rutgers football Ohio State football game will be gone but how about an early Michigan State prediction from you which will be on October 9th well, it's going to continue Rutgers' win streak that begins with Ohio State on Saturday. Okay, that's right. All right, well, you guys will be the judge of that when you hear it is uh, first Wednesday of October. So, you know, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no other comment except I never bet on anything. <laughs> well, I understand. You're, uh, you might be a wiser person than I. Um, I think definitely you have PhD. I don't, but let's talk about September. And you know, it's it's funny because when I think about September, I think that it was a pretty quiet month. But that's like if you exclude the first day of September, which I think makes up for all of the other twenty nine days of September. And that is, of course, Ida, which came through. Um, admittedly, it didn't do much here in our corner of the state, but obviously the rest of New Jersey either saw tornadoes in case as you make your way over to Philadelphia and then anywhere really north of 195 and especially the northeastern part of the state. I mean, we, we know what happened. Unfortunately, over two dozen people died in the state of New Jersey from the fast moving floodwaters and the quickly um, increasing floodwaters as well. I'm just reading off some numbers here. Newark had 8.41 inches of rain that day. Um, I believe that's more than twice their monthly amount in one day. Trenton had 5.60. Again, here at Lansing International Airport, we had 0.63 inches. And for the most part, I was here on the first. We really just dealt with some rain and a little bit of damaging wind. But I mean, for the most part, nothing like what happened in the northern and southwestern portions of the state. So I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you and just, you know, your reaction to an incredible day of weather. No, it, it was a tragic day of weather. Um, it was, in my 30 years as state climatologist, it will go down as the second deadliest uh, weather event in my tenure. Uh, Sandy surpassed it. But when it came to the heart of the storm, there were more deaths from this event 
than from sandy. Sandy of deaths included asphyx, um, carbon monoxide poisoning uh, from generators after the event, a fall downstairs, things like this. These, I, I, I know that the vast majority were drownings either in homes, many uh, in automobiles or walking um, away from automobiles or whatever. Um, and two electrocutions I've heard of with the water. Um, so, you know, you can say, wow, it was an amazing event meteorologically and all, but when you, you the tragedy of the event, um, you know, you mentioned Newark and whatever, you know, 50, 20, 50 feet from here in my backyard, I had 8.63 inches of rain. Um, a mile from here, in that direction is Manville. I'm on the other side of the Millstone River. Um, I smelled and saw the smoke from the homes that exploded there. Uh, when the catering hall exploded the next night, not the night of the storm, the next night at 1.10 a.m., it knocked things off walls and shelves in my community and a few porch porches were damaged from the explosion. That's really only a half mile away, basically. President Biden came, uh, landed at an airport a half mile from here um, the following Tuesday um, to survey the damage and express his condolences, if you will. Um, people drowned on local roads here. Um, on parts of roadways, I'm astounded to this day that someone drowned there in the flash flood. Um, that's what it was like. I mean, down the block, down the hill from my place, fortunately, you know, the next day, four cars still sitting at an intersection underwater. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole half hour on this. I, I just wanted to bring up one more thing, which was, you know, going into that day, I, I in South Jersey, particularly, I was more focused on a big tornado outbreak, you know, relative for New Jersey. I mean, we, in New Jersey, we ended up with the Mullica Hill tornado, which wasn't EF3, which according to your uh, new website, which now lists all the tornadoes, one of the strongest of all time since records started in 1950. So, you know, from your perspective, right? I mean, Ida, right? It's not, it's not like Ida made landfall here. It, it was, it was just kind of passing by. So, you know, what does history tell us about these tropical systems and the impacts here? Are we seeing our more dangerous impacts with a direct strike, or are we seeing them more with these remnants that come through? I know it can be a little bit of a loaded question. No, no, it's a fantastic question. And I think it's something we need to take seriously because we don't get a lot of direct hits here. Geographically with our coastal orientation and the way storms tend to go, something like um, Sandy, which wasn't even tropical when it made landfall, um, is a pure anomaly. We either get brushed from to our east with storms normally going up, uh, the Donnas, the Glorias, the, the Floyds and whatever, or that are hurricanes to our, just to our east or tropical storms um, that maybe make landfall like Irene or an Eseasis and whatever, or, but they may make landfall south of us. This was a storm that made landfall in Louisiana, um, but, you know, it, it, they hold together. And traditionally, some of the most deadly portions of some of these tropical storms are when they are extropical storms. Um, Camille, 
1969, devastated Mississippi, a huge storm surge. It killed more people in the central Appalachians in flash flooding a couple days later than it did down along the Gulf Coast. As many people died in New Jersey from Ida, who died in Louisiana, where a Category 4 storm made landfall. Yeah. Um, it, I could go on and on. There's an example yeah. of Hazel in 1954, came across the mid-Atlantic and killed no, many, I can't remember, the number's huge, in Ontario province, near Toronto. In, in Canada, yeah. Flooding. Yeah. So you cannot take these storms lightly once they make landfall. They're still packed with energy, um, packed with moisture, and then they start interacting with middle latitude systems like Ida did, collided essentially with a frontal system. Um, Floyd collided with a frontal system, and that just almost regenerates the power and the moisture um, from these storms. So they cannot be taken lightly. Yeah. And, you know, again, another thing, communication of the storm, that was a hot topic with this. We can get into that another time. Um, but I did want to turn to just rainfall for the month across the state. Ida, I have to imagine, had a large influence on where we are for the month. But, you know, we can talk about the state. And then I just want to talk about closer to home where we are here in southeastern New Jersey, Atlantic, Cape May, Cumberland, Ocean Counties. I've got the numbers, Joe. Um, I know you do. Statewide, the preliminary, this is early. The preliminary numbers is this will be. Um, the 13th wettest um, uh, September on record, going back to 1895, about two and a half inches above normal. Uh, but North Jersey is probably going to be in the top five or so, I would say. South Jersey is probably going to be about 30th or whatever. Um, it. it was uh, really a tale of, of two uh portions of the state you don't even have to go that far away Ta precipitation was below normal in berkeley township and in, in northern ocean in parts of monmouth county i mean it was a real sharp um cutoff um the numbers for south jersey um from our kokoraz observers uh in atlantic county hamilton was the winner with 5.38 inches of rain and galloway the lowest with 361 so that's pretty ample rain. That's normal yeah. to above normal rain. Sure. Um, and nothing excessive, but a healthy rain. Now you go down to Cape May, and and it was a tight mix between 3.32 in Woodbine and 2.47 mm -hmm. in Sea Isle City. So those numbers are below average, but not um, remarkably below. Um, and then you go up to Ocean County and Berkeley Township mentioned was 3.37, that's the low. And Tom's River, not all that far away, 5.75. That was pretty high for most of the county. So yeah. a, a good amount of rainfall um, for South Jersey, um, Southeast Jersey in, in September. Um, but, you know, it just pals with the numbers. The the two wettest um, places in this, the wettest place in the state this month, when you added together Ida and then a couple of other storms, Hopewell Township in northern Mercer County, 12.25 inches of rain. Mm. And Sea Isle City with its 2.47 was the driest station in the state. Looks like the uh, K-May bubble uh, won again in September. 
It, it did because I was looking at other numbers. Uh, Lower Township had some minimal totals and and uh, and Ocean yeah. City, Ocean City as well. Yeah, that Cape May bubble really, really did it this month. We're hanging it tough over there. You know, uh, just uh, as a feel, if you can, if we were to remove the first of the month with Ida, how much of a difference are we talking about in terms of where we would rank for the month? Do you think we'd be below average at that point? No, I don't think we'd be below, but we'd be pretty okay. darn close because we had mm. some other hefty rains later in the month. I mean, although that's that's a real good question. I'm thinking of my backyard. I ended up with 10 and a half and all but two of that fell in in the first day of the, <laughs> in the first day of the month. So it would have been below yeah. normal. But there right. were other areas. Warren County had a few big storms later later in the month and, and picked up multiple inches. So I think we right. would have been pretty close to, if not a little above normal. But, yeah, Ida just made all the difference. Sure, sure. All right, we're going to end with the rain conversation. Maybe we'll talk about some brighter topics. We'll talk about temperature, fall foliage. Some of you might like winter. We'll talk about that. We're going to do that on the other side of this break. This is the Something in the Air podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Something in the Air podcast. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. Joined with me, New Jersey State Climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. Temperatures like, have felt pretty warm for the most part, except for the last couple of days. Just where do we stack up for the month? Yeah, we stack up on the warm side. In fact, uh, this morning, the, the 30th, the first um, 38, uh, first temperature, low temperature in the state in our network in the 30s up in wall pack the perennial cold spot hit 38 but that's the first and we've seen freezes in september before so looks like we're going to come in real close to number 10 for warmth and again going back to 1895 so we're going back yep. a long time here and we're going to come in about 10th atlantic city is coming in ninth you've probably looked okay. at in all yeah yeah so it's about two degrees above the 1991 to 2020 mean, but I haven't looked yet, but it's probably closer to three to four degrees above the whole period of record mean. Right, so right. knocking on the door of a top 10, so very comfortable. I mean, summer's just, Joe, we've talked about this probably last year, summer's just holding on longer. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about that. I believe, I think Washington Post, our uh, Friends, uh, newspaper friends at Capital Weather Gang, you know Jason Samino, the uh, uh, leader over there pretty well. I believe they just did a, a report about how summer is just increasing and increasing and, you know, some of the shoulder seasons are really shrinking and, and of course, winter shrinking. But I are you familiar with that article that came out? Yeah, I, I saw the article and, uh, you know, I've been involved with the grad student years back where we looked at kind of floating dates for seasons, not looking astronomically, not looking right. at September 1st, but let the seasons define themselves by what the temperatures are doing. And we were starting to see that summer seasons getting longer at the expense of the shoulder seasons, spring and fall. And of course, leading to some reduction in winter. So the general flux of the seasons have changed. So, you know, 
my youth, we were wearing jackets frequently in September, and now we're still wearing shorts in, in a lot of September. So oh, that's sure. where you start really noticing things. The, you know, they're, they're not so subtle when you think back to when you were, you were younger and you saw these, um, you see, see yeah. these changes. And, you know, I, if, if we could, I do want to go off topic for just one second here about, um, you know, climate change, because just going back to Ida, and I know I promised that I wouldn't go back, but I'm going to go back. It was pretty notable how a lot of, especially, uh, we'll say, government leaders brought up climate change in relation to Ida. I feel like more than any other event, did you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think it was overused some, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'll be, I'll be as brief as possible. Every weather event, every day has is, is, is starting off at a higher foundation, uh, a leg up on past years because of the warming of our planet and with that more moisture in our atmosphere. So the warm days get warmer uh, and the wet days get a little bit wetter. They still would occur naturally um, in many cases, but we're, we're just ramping things up or amping things up, if you will, a little bit. So yeah. I can't quantify how much worse this was um, now, now than 50 or 100 years ago. Um, but theory suggests that it should get worse. Modeling studies should suggest these rainstorms are getting worse. And, and even observations are pointing out that more of our rain is falling in these large events. So yep. there's a climate change component to this. Um, I, in Sandy, it was even more evident because of sea level rising and the warm sea surface temperatures and such. But, but even this event, there, there is a climate connection to it. Yeah. And just talking back to the temperatures, um, you know, our overnight low temperatures are, are a good amount impacted by climate change. Can we, we usually like to try to break down highs and lows sometimes? Do you have that information about, you know, the highs and the lows and where they compare to average? I, I didn't look at it yet for this month, but I will hazard a guess that the lows are driving the positive temperature anomalies more than the highs. You know, we're not, that's here. Now, mind you, two days ago, it hit 100 degrees at a couple stations in North Dakota. Probably the furthest north that 100 degrees have been, has been hit so late in the season. And then earlier in September, Death Valley hit 122, um, which is the latest it's been that warm anywhere on the planet or certainly Northern Hemisphere, this late in the season. And then remember back in late June and early July, we had the, the hottest temperature on record in Canada in British Columbia and the hottest on record so far north. So what we're doing here is taking heat waves, in this case, and making the hot the hottest. Um, and, and there we can quantify things a little bit easier with heat waves and droughts than we can with these individual storms. We're not sure. necessarily seeing more tropical storms, although the last couple of years we've been on an upswing, but the five years yeah. before that weren't. But we're noticing that the storms are stronger. Um, we saw Florence and Harvey stall off the East Coast and the Gulf Coast. Um, so it looks like the behavior of the storms is changing. Um, and I, Ida might just have kept its energy 
uh, a little bit more vigorously as it made its way up here to the mid-Atlantic. Now, I can't prove that, but again, theory, models, and we've got to be patient waiting for the observations. So, yeah. You know. and, and hey, how about water temperatures? Um, we have been above average for a lot of September. I mean, we're still hanging on to 70s and, and we're, that, that's above. I mean, our, uh, our friend Jim Everwine, who, uh, who we both know here, uh, South Jersey weather legend, he keeps tabs of the daily water temps for numerous places in South Jersey, and they are all above average. And they've been that way. Yeah. And let that serve. I won't say as a warning, but let's keep that in mind as we get into October, uh, because a late season tropical storm coming up the coast can retain its energy longer as it traverses the coast and heads north because the underlying waters are warmer. Sandy, we saw that. There were studies done after Sandy that shows that the storm would have taken its same weird track, but it wouldn't have been as strong if sea surface temperatures had been at normal late October values. Instead, they were above normal. It made the storm stay stronger longer. And so I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but if a tropical system starts heading up our way as we get through into October, and it's possible it could have that added punch because of the warmer sea surface temperatures. Not a good yeah. situation. Not a good situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to be jovial and take one positive. That means if you have been going to the beach and you dunk your toes on the water, it hasn't been that bad, you know, especially in the later part of the month. But overall, you, you're, like exactly you said, warmer the waters, the longer that tropical system can stay tropical or maintain its strength. Um, and, 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 yeah. And that added temperature of water temperatures helped the fuel Ida. I mean, that rain that fell from Ida didn't come from the Gulf of Mexico. It was being pulled off the Atlantic. The energy from the storm and some moisture came from the south, but it tapped moisture off the Atlantic coast from above normal sea surface temperature waters. Sure, sure. Let's uh, let's change over to fall foliage here, and there's a climate change and fall foliage connection as well, but. Just for this year, we had our formula. We talked about this last month. We want um, no extreme heat and a wet growing season. So from about April over to August, September to leaf change, we look for the sunny days and the cool nights. And then once we get the leaves turning, you just don't want those leaves to get ripped off the trees. So no real storms. So, you know, given that we're getting into October here, I think last month you said we're looking pretty good. So looking good as we go into this month. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a little delayed because September was so warm. Um, but the key right now is cool nights. We've got to get cool nights. The sun is telling the trees to start shutting down as the solar right. intensity declines. But the atmosphere has to tell the trees, certain trees, to start shutting down. Um, and, and if it's done with warm nights, it could get real murky and not be as vibrant in terms of the color. Um, so right. we need our cool nights. Um, yeah. So hopefully we'll get these blue, clear blue skies and uh, the daytime heat will shoot up into the atmosphere and we'll have some cool nights. And there, with all the moisture we've had, this could be a banner year. Yeah, I listen. I hope so. I think it would be a good way to end off. 2021 
uh, especially given everything with COVID and coronavirus and everything. So fingers crossed that, that we're going to be good as we go into the season. I should say, for those of you listening, we have a full foliage outlook for you that will be out by the end of the first week of October on our website, prepsbc.com slash weather. All right. So we got three minutes left. Um, I want to dabble into the much anticipated what the heck is going to happen this winter. Do you have any tidbits for us or anything we could hang our hat on as we go into October? Yeah, well, the, uh, the, key, the key phrase now is La Nina. Um, we had a La Nina last winter. It looks like we might be sliding into another La Nina period. We do f- sometimes find them back to back. La Ninas, statistically, uh, are not snowy winters. Um, they're, they're average to, mi- to mild winters. Um, and they don't tend to be very wet winters. And important for your listeners, they tend not to have a plethora of coastal storms. The storm track tends to go up through the Ohio Valley into the Great Lakes, as opposed to an El Nino winter, uh, when we often will see some strong coastal storms. But again, it only takes one storm. Last winter, it was one snowstorm that brought North Jersey two thirds of its annual snowfall, or almost more in one storm. Um, So if I was to stick my neck out right now, assuming La Nina does take hold down there in the tropical Pacific, it would be a lower than average snowfall, average precip perhaps, and average to above average temperatures. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, La Nina, or God, yeah. Don't play this back in March, okay? Yeah. We're rolling the tape. We got this all saved. Mike, uh, who's leading us on the Stockton end here, he's got it saved in uh, captions for us, ready to go. But yeah, uh, last winter, just overall in southeastern New Jersey, snowier than the previous winter, which was record low. So you can't get much worse than that. Yeah. Uh, so we did see some snow, but overall, it, it was fairly tame. And you bring up the coastal storms. Great point, because this year we have continued to remain relatively coastal flooding free. It was just that one event, fingers crossed, right? Uh, but just that last coastal flooding event, um, or that, I should say, the event in early October. My God, if you get my worries wrong, early February. There we go. That brought moderate stage coastal flooding yeah. for us for a couple of cycles. A um, couple seconds left. What's going on with the climate office? And then we'll wrap it up. Uh, we're keeping busy. I'm trying to get an IDA report out before I get the September report out. But take a look at our website njclimate.org, and there'll be some reporting there. We already have the tornadoes on our new tornado site. We have the tornadoes from September 1st in there. Um, The Climate Network, um, Yeoman's job with Ida. We were tracking hourly rainfall rates of three inches an hour across the state, which helped emergency management brief the governor. So, So real proud of my team with what went on um with tracking ida across the state and as of today we have a new weather network station in a uh, in cooperation with william patterson university up in north halden uh we have our 65th active um weather station and i am looking at that new station right now it is currently 60 degrees as i look at this at 5 55 p.m on september 30th so nice job yeah cool Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. All right. So we're going to wrap it up for this month's uh, weather roundup here for the month of September. We're going to be back with you 
sometime in the middle of October. Usually it's the third Wednesday of the month. We might be releasing this episode early because this will be the next episode will be a winter forecast preview. Um, and that will be with Jim Sullivan, who's a chief meteorologist of Weatherworks. That's in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And then a friend, Dr. Robinson's right here, Judah Cohen. Uh, he is quite the legend on Twitter uh, with his tens of thousands of followers. He is the director of uh, subseasonal research at AER, and he has some really interesting research. And you uh, have actually, you were on his PhD committee uh, back in the day. So you are not only uh, a mentor to me, but to him as well. I'm very flattered it's, to hear that Judah and I. Yeah, in some both. respects. Yeah, I've known Judah since before you were born. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, you have. Uh, you said back in the 80s, in which I was yeah. not present for at the time. So, all right. So we're going to wrap it up here. We'll be back with you guys sometime in the middle of October. I'll keep you guys updated on our website, on social media, on that. And in the meanwhile, have a great month, everybody. Stay safe. Enjoy some of this fall weather. We'll be back with you recap of the month of October, first Wednesday in November. This is the Something in the Air podcast.